Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Aaron Hines, and he owns and operates a fitness facility in Franklin, Tennessee. And he focuses on those individuals 45 plus. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Hey, thanks for having me, AJ. I really appreciate it. Right. Right. Uh, well, welcome once again, Aaron. So firstly, you know, just to understand, we will be talking about the business of fitness with you. But first to understand, Aaron, you focus a lot on 45 plus. Is that is that more business sense or is there any other reason for that? Uh, I, th- I feel like the 45 and up um, is more of a business um I can't age range where people appreciate you a little bit more. Um, they're a little bit more focused. They have um, the, the intention on the uh, fitness itself is, is there. There's not as many distractions. And uh, I've been able to build my business from renting to leasing to um, I'm about to own my own 1500 square foot facility here in the next week. So um, it's been, it's been good for me and I find it to be very rewarding for those in that age category. So it's 45 is probably the, the youngest and 81 is my oldest. So a uh, wide age range for those individuals, but um, very fun and rewarding for uh, this group of people. Right, right. Now to understand uh, from you, Aaron, about the fitness industry or your fitness facility. Uh, for me, for a layman, for a layperson like me, I generally understand fitness as being fit, going, walking, doing whatever, or perhaps maximum people go to the gym and just make sure that they are fit enough. But is this what fitness is all about? What is fitness in today's time? What do you mean by fitness? What does your fitness facility contain for a person to understand how exactly this whole thing operates now? Yeah, I would say, AJ, that's a that's a kind of a broad term. Everybody has a um, you know, their own interpretation of fitness. Um, you know, it could be from walking. A lot of people just like to walk. A lot of people just like to do yoga, uh, Pilates, or uh, whatever it may be. Uh, but at the, our facility, we focus on kind of the, I call it three or four principles. You work on uh, flexibility, mobility, strength, and cardio uh, with that. Uh, on top of all, some of the other things, as far as like nutrition and just living a healthy lifestyle. Um, but I find that um, overwhelming people with a lot of different things and options for fitness is sometimes the um, kind of nail in the coffin for them. Uh, you've got to keep it simple for a lot and then try to be a little bit more complex down the road because if you throw everything at them at one time, it's uh, overwhelming and they're likely just to give up, uh, stop what they're doing or go back to the old ways of what they were doing that wasn't working. Um, so fitness for me is uh, moving, try to try to get some movement in, whether that's 30 minutes, 60 minutes, uh, at least six days a week, uh, working on your uh, flexibility, um, be able to move better after after strength training, uh, not being as sore, uh, being mobile through through your joint capacity, uh, being able to, um, you know, sit down in a chair, being able to run with your grandkids, being able to do yard work, uh, do the things you should be doing on a daily basis, but doing doing it uh, freely, but pain-free biggest is the biggest thing. Um, a lot of things I, a lot of people I deal with are in pain every day. So they're just trying to do 
uh, the things they want to do without being, you know, aches and pains on from when they wake up to when they go to sleep. Right, right. So a person who comes to your facility, uh, what what can he expect? Are Is there mo- more now about nutrition or just about, you know, training and all? Because you do a lot of work with athletes. You see both two ends of the things, you know, with athletes and then 45 plus. So how and their requirements are totally different. So how do you yeah. uh, what does your facility provide to both these sections? Of people yes yeah, so the 45 and up we so for even the athletic components so kind of a dual combination we always start with i call it like initial the initial evaluation um i like to evaluate how you move how you function with resistance non-resistance so that way you can um so i can get a visual on how your body's moving uh and that's for the adults and the athletes um if we're just walking in throwing them in a group and everybody's doing the same thing, we're probably not going to get the most out of everything. So uh, with my background in orthopedics, I like to see how you squat, how you do push-ups, how you do rowing motions. Um, If you can reach down and touch your toes, that's a big thing. Uh, It's because limited mobility and flexibility can inhibit your movement patterns, and those movement patterns will be, um, I guess you can call it uh, not great. Um, And so I like to call it, if if you're loading dysfunction, Um, You're going to be completely dysfunctional, and that just means you're going to have more aches and pains uh, through your knees, through your hips. So if we can look at that and minimize that during our resistance training program, you're probably going to be a better quote-unquote athlete, whether you are a basketball player, baseball player, or just uh, an adult. Uh, We're all athletic in our own ways. Uh, We're just trying to be better and, and be more efficient with that. So we, we kind of do a dual combination with that uh, for both, but uh, we look at it in with the adult population on the nutrition side of it on a kind of a coaching mentality um, and a mindset. Um, what's working for you is not going to work for me. So if we can utilize uh, some different tactics on um, coaching, I've got a background in, in health coaching. So just a matter of finding what's going to work, what's going to make you tick, what's going to help you be successful. Because I can tell you one thing for, uh, two weeks and then you change it and you could lose two pounds and then we keep that same thing and then you stay stagnant for three weeks. So we're just trying to find the underlying factor of what you're really doing. Don't give me the surface level. Give me what's underneath so that way we can figure out, you know, get to the bottom of your your problems, your your weight loss, your weight, even weight gain uh, with that. So there's a lot of different things I try to focus on. But, you know, if it's outside of my scope of practice, I refer out because I want them to get the best the best person in town to help them with whatever the problem they have. Because if it's too specific, you know, that's, that's not my wheelhouse. Right. Right. Aaron. Now you see, uh, you were voted as one of the top personal trainers in all of Nashville in 2020. And you are also featured in Franklin lifestyle magazine in 2019. Now uh, that that's a great achievement. And apart from doing business, you have, you are considered as a great trainer also uh how did you start in this line to reach to this level and is the fitness industry for everybody one is going to the gym and or or to the fitness center and getting yourself fit and one is the business part of it who is this business for and that's why what i wanted to understand through your story how 
how did you get into this fitness industry as an entrepreneur? Yeah, so um, I started out um, actually exercising or working out when I was in high school, about when I was 16. So I've been doing this for a little while, but it wasn't one of those things that I was super interested in. I would go to the, the weight room at school and kind of the weakest guy in there was kind of ashamed of how much I couldn't lift. Um, so I, I wasn't really into it at that time, but I met a guy who um, was a bodybuilder of all things back in, I think the eighties uh, and just kind of became, his son was on the, the team and we became kind of friends. And so we started working out at a local gym and, and that's kind of how I got hooked on just fitness itself. But um, from, from that kind of taking a liking to getting stronger um, and doing those things, I ended up playing uh, small college football where I, I really, I thought I was going to excel and go to the next level, but um, injuries set me back. And that's kind of how I got into specializing in uh, orthopedic injuries. Um, but kind of back up a little bit, I was actually bouncing around. If, if most people in the fitness industry do all the, uh, I say corporate, non-corporate. I, I worked at the YMCA. I worked at um, a health coaching company for three years, really getting to the meat potatoes of what make what makes people tick and how to change behaviors on uh, health and fitness. Um, but really got um, kind of into the business side of it after I got fired from my last job. Um, we didn't see eye to eye. So um, that was kind of a tough pill to swallow. Um, and with that, um, it led me to uh, going out on my own with just two clients. So I, um, I just made all the connections I thought I, I had and all those people were going to come with me and um, ended up being like, none of those people came with me. So it was kind of a reality check of, of, of <laughs> Hey man, uh, you know, you've got to really do something. So I end up meeting a um, director of marketing for a star physical therapy, which is a chain of physical therapy clinics in town and kind of, kind of built my business around the um, I'm the guy that you're going to see once you're done with physical therapy it's the what next guy. What do I do after that? Because I don't want to be back in the physical therapy clinic paying, you know, $150, $200 co-payments um, just to have somebody do about 10 exercises and ride the bike with some stem and ice. Um, so I ended up meeting directors of local clinics, started getting some referrals and kind of built it that way. I mean, it's taken me, it'll be six years in March um, where I went from two clients to probably over 100 but um, for me, it was playing the long game, finding the right people, the right time, making sure that I was dialing in the target market I wanted to work with because I started out just doing sports performance. Um, and I almost went belly up because um, there was just not that many. There, was, there were kids, but, you know, it's seasonal. So if you put all your eggs in one basket, it's very hard to um, support yourself, your family, and keep your business running because it's super seasonal. So I actually flipped script and went to 90% adults, 10% athletes, and have been doing very well for that. But I will say it took me um, time. It took me finding a group of entrepreneurs and kind of a mastermind group to very uh, be specific on some, some help running the business side of it. Um, even though I have a graduate degree, uh, master's in exercise physiology, they don't teach you how to run a business, how to be successful in business. It's more about how to get people strong, how to lift weights, how to prevent injuries and that sort of thing. So that was really the um, kind of eye-opening side of it to, um, you know, tracking my numbers, making sure I was being successful uh, as opposed to just taking in money and, you know, seeing where the wind blows. So it's taken a lot of 
effort, a lot of time, a lot of planning uh, with that. But I mean, on top of running a business, you also have to stay fit too. I mean, I've been, um, like you said, as I've been almost 270 pounds doing the exact same thing, just mm-hmm. telling people how to eat right and exercise. Um, and I looked horrible. I was out of shape, um, super overweight and couldn't even sleep at night or I would fall asleep at eight o'clock in the afternoon or evening time and wake up at three 30 and go back to work. Uh, so there, I mean, there is a balance with that, of keeping myself healthy so that way I can take care of my clientele, my family, but also run a business too. So there's a lot of different things you have to take into consideration while running it. It's, it's not for the fate of heart. There's a lot of individuals who get into it going, I'm going to get the perfect client. I'm going to be, I'm going to be rich quick. And, and those, those people don't last because it does take a steady stream of uh, waking up, go recruiting new clients, uh, marketing, um, uh, I call it hugging necks and kissing babies. You've got to really be the person in town where everybody knows who you are. Um, and I, I think I'm close. I don't think I'm there yet, but I do, you know, go out in public or my, my logo is recognized all over. So um, I think that's the biggest thing of just, you know, being the guy in town, being successful. And that's kind of where I was voted top three, uh, all of Nashville, um, some may think it's a popularity contest, but I mean, I, I feel like I've done good work and people really appreciate that and respect that and want to do anything they can for you um, during that time. Right, right. Aaron. Now, you know, somebody who's starting out as a wants to get into the fitness industry because he or she thinks that it's a lucrative thing. One can start wherever it is in the U.S., outside, even in India, anywhere. Uh, what have you learned in your journey in a nutshell? What would you like to tell them? What is it that they should uh, take uh, care of? What they should keep in mind as they move into this journey? Or should they not get into it? It's not lucrative business at all. Uh, it can be very lucrative. It's just, uh, I would say, um, if you're still in school, um, try to get as much experience interning with as many people as you can. You like to see a different side of health and fitness. Um, from my experience, I got into it thinking I was going to train the most athletic person ever. Uh, and I got a piece of humble pie because the first client I ever worked with had uh, rods and screws in her daughter's spinal column. And I had no idea. I had no idea what to do. I was kind of freaked out because I wasn't sure what to even uh, prescribe as far as exercise goes. Um, so I, th- I think for, for some, you come out and you're like, I'm certified. I'm ready to train the, I'm ready to train AJ because AJ has no injuries. And he's, he's really, you know, trying to just set a PR on bench press. Um, well, that's not everybody. Um, it would, you know, you would hope to have that because it's pretty easy if that's the case. Um, but just getting as much experience with, uh, whether it's the local gym, uh, medical or just something a little outside of the, fitness realm because you'll see anybody and everybody from different walks of life and it's going to be much easier on you if you can have a more well-rounded uh more experiences the better i think that's kind of proved me um i didn't have experience with orthopedic and um i kind of i learned a lot and that's kind of where i i started with that being in a clinic helping people but initially i had no idea what i was getting myself into um and i think that's the first thing just gain more experience two would be um, find a group of people you can, um, you know, I'll say network with or 
um, get in a group. I'm in an entrepreneur group and they're all over the, all over the world, but it's, it's something we connect with on running a business, being trying to be successful like everybody else. But if we ever have a problem or an issue, we're always there to ask it, get an answer, be helpful. Um, Cause they don't teach you the business side of things in school, unless you get a minor in business. Um, and that's one thing I learned that's was very hard for me, how to, how to track my finances, how much to spend, um, you know, how much to save um, with that. So I would say finding a group of people that you can surround yourself with that are, are equally successful or just starting out. So that way you're kind of in the same boat. I think those two things I think would help anybody along the way. And those, those are things. The second thing I didn't have is an entrepreneur group. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Uh, yeah. And I almost quit. I was I was on the quarter fence about a year into it. Okay, okay, Aaron. So, uh, how does uh, some suddenly a thing like COVID happens, and a lot of things are now happening online? How much of is it uh, is fitness part happening online? I think there's there's probably there's probably less now. Um, I still work with clients online, and a lot of it's just convenience. Uh, the convenience factor, there are still probably 20%. I would say I have about 5%. Um, so there's, it's more of the, they're working from home now, so it's easy to just stay there and work out. Um, so in general, as far as fitness as a whole, I would probably say less than 50%. And I would say there, there's, I mean, there's so much access you have to like Peloton and tonal and a lot of things like people like to do it at home. But, you know, the one number one thing I, I've gotten from clients who were doing online is like, man, I miss the in-person interaction. So I think just getting back in there, working out with other people, talking, just being with people outside your four walls. I think that's something that's been very helpful for others. But I, I do think it's it's still an option for people. And it's for, you know, a certain population, uh, people who are very immunocompromised or just got in the comfort of their own home where maybe it's the travel travel is more convenient traveling upstairs in your home as opposed to 30 minutes to the gym so okay yeah so i mean it's it's still it's still a thing aj but it's also um you know i I think people want to get back into the gym but i did have to flip flip the script during covid i didn't have an online option and that was uh something that i had to kind of figure out in like 48 hours. Right. It's more like now uh, now a norm. You got to be ready for both the things, online, offline, whatever one wants to at their convenience. And I get uh, businesses, even in fitness business, uh, they need to be ready for that. Yeah. And if you're, if you're not ready, I mean, that, that could be a little bit of loss of uh, revenue. Um, I actually just had a person last week ask me if I did online training and I haven't had somebody ask that in probably three years uh, with it. So it's still out there. It's just for a certain population, a certain person. Right, right. Now, uh, tell us, uh, Aaron, is that a lot of nutrition part has come into the fitness industry. And a lot of people nowadays are turning vegan or vegetarian in that aspect. And, and there is a lot of, you know, protein intake, talk of lot of protein intake. How should a customer or a simple person look at this part of the fitness industry where several people may want to push products which may not be very healthy for people. And there have been incidents uh, which has 
led to difficulty for a lot of uh, a lot of people who have been visiting to these fitness centers. What would you like to tell uh, customers or people who are looking for fitness in terms of pure in in terms of nutrition as well as in terms of doing exercises? Yeah, I, I see the nutrition side of it is it's a super complex world. So there's a lot of um, you know a lot of uh, internet access and social media. So there's a lot of quote unquote influencers pushing a lot of different things that seem to be working for them. But I always think nutrition is not as one size fits all. Um, I, I'm more of less man, more than happy AJ. Go try it. Go try uh, to be vegan. Um, you can do intermittent fasting. You can do um, more of a keto diet. I'm not. I'm not the one to say, man. You're you're totally gonna blow it. You're wrong. Um, because if it works, keep at it. There's a lot of a lot of different options out there, and for some, it's it's proven to have great results, and for some, it's just kind of a. I would say it's um, it's kind of like being on a roller coaster. You've got good results one day, and you've got you know you're up again, down again, up again, down again. Um, so uh, do your research. That's the biggest thing. Um, or consult your physician or, or local um, dietitian. There's a lot of things I refer out to from a, a local dietitian because it's it's almost too specific. So I think for just the uh, person coming in wanting to gain muscle and lose weight, I would say first thing is go to your local nutrition shop. Most of them have somebody there that can be super helpful. Uh, and I like to refer and get an in-body scan. That's just a super simple scan of your body weight, your fat mass, your fat-free mass, how much body water you have. So you have a baseline measure because we start jumping around from different uh, veganism to keto. You really don't know where you are and you don't really know how much you're supposed to be eating. So if we're just guessing and trying to think what my friend did next door to lose weight, uh, we may be putting ourselves in a little bit of a bind of being a little bit nutrient deficient and also not getting the right things that our body needs to be more successful. So if you can get a baseline measure from a um, local physician, whether it's a DEXA scan or an antibody scan, and kind of go from there, that'd be step one. Step two would be trying to see what you really need to be eating, how many carbs, fats, and proteins you need to be eating, how much water you should be drinking. Because if you're not doing any of that, the diets and the other things don't really matter. Right, right. And, and people who are 45 plus, you know, uh, suddenly they wake up that they need to be fit and perhaps a lot of people are much more eager at that point in time uh, for whatever reason. Maybe they realize that 45 plus is now very close to 50 and they don't want to, at <laughs> least they don't want to look physically 50 and they put a bit of extra effort. What would you like to tell people who are in their mid forties and they want to be fit? What exactly should precautions should they, uh, should they keep? Because there have been, again, incidents all over, even in India, where, you know, uh, suddenly something has happened on the treadmill. What should people keep in mind when they are at a fitness center or even on a treadmill, a thing like treadmill, even at their homes? Yeah, I would say the first thing is just be, um, you know, take take all precautions. We're all in the um, health and fitness uh, realm or going into the gym for one thing and that's to be healthier um so i think it's if you haven't been doing it for six to eight months it's like uh okay let's let's see where we started before how long have we not doing been doing anything 
and let's ease ourselves into it. So I say, keep it simple, keep it simple first, and then you can crank up the intensity because what typically happens if I'm 45 AJ and I've been sitting on the couch for six months and I've gained 20 pounds and I want to burn that off. I'm going all in baby. I'm going all in. I'm running as fast as I can. I'm working out as much as I, and usually what happens, uh, you know, your knees start to hurt, your back starts to hurt and something starts to give out on you because it's not used to the strain, the discomfort, the soreness all the time. Uh, so, you know, a lot of that too is once, once you're getting back into it and you get hurt, it's, it's really hard to get back at it because you know, you, you gave 110% to get back on it, to lose that weight. And if something small happens, there's a huge setback. And it's not physically, it's more mentally um, because, you know, you really, you set your mind to do something, you hurt yourself, now what? And so usually that, that ball starts turning where you're like, well, might as well just go back to what I was doing because what I was doing, I didn't get hurt and everything is good. So, um, you know, it's, it's keep keeping it in a, uh, I would say a flow of ease yourself back into it. There's a time and a place to increase the intensity, um, and not get hurt. You know, all the time I get where, uh, you know, the same age 45 plus come in and two weeks into it, they're like, dude, it's time to crank it up. And when I crank it up, all that means is we're increasing the intensity. We're going to do some more cardio, some more, uh, maybe rope slams, med ball slams. And sometimes after those workouts, they're like, all right, man, that was a little too much. So I always say you ask for it. I'm going to give you the intensity you want, but sometimes you need to just uh, take it at 50%, go 60%, 70%, and then kick it all the way up. Right. So there is a lot to learn and learn from you, Aaron. And I guess a lot of people would like to connect with you. So a lot of athletes and 45 plus people, whoever, uh, whoever wants to connect with you, how do they do that? And what are the services they can expect in terms of online, offline? What is it that you do? Yeah, so they can uh, connect to me, uh, uh, premierperformancetrainer.com. So I specialize in working with 45-plus uh, men and women, um, lose weight, increase their energy, and live life pain-free. And living life pain-free, that's the biggest thing right now. All the aches and pains uh, that people deal with, um, from arthritis to um, surgeries, um, that's my biggest uh thing that I, I focus on and as well as athletes uh, we have kind of an online offline for both of those um have an app you can use uh with that to do all your workouts from the comfort of your own home or your own gym um and that's kind of the way of being uh flexible in person and online so um go to my website you can go to all the social media links um i'm on instagram twitter facebook tiktok youtube uh for that so I mean, the biggest thing is uh, I meet you where you are and we'll go from there. We're not trying to put you in something that um, it's a one size fits all. There's always something you can do. It's just a matter of what that's going to be. Right, 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 Aaron. My last question to you, Aaron, is to understand exactly the future of the fitness industry. How do you see this industry shaping up as we go? I think for right now, what I've seen is uh, just now, now probably the next year is people still, I guess, working. People still like the class environment. It's just you're going to see a lot of the bigger classes at your lifetimes, your YMCA's, and a lot of the uh, corporate gyms. So from like the smaller, smaller studio style, um, 
it's going to be probably a lot more one-on-one and small group training um, with that. I think people are more comfortable with that. They're still kind of in that, uh, I know it's post-COVID, where they don't like a ton of people in the same vicinity unless you're just, you're used to that large group. Um, So um, small group training, a lot more one-on-one because people feel the need for more attention, making sure they're doing things right and being um, more efficient with their time uh, with that. Uh, that's kind of where I see things going. I mean, that may switch. It's kind of, it kind of comes in waves, right? Uh, what, what used to be really popular before COVID is it's, it's still popular, but probably not as much as it, as it was before. So um, you're still going to have the at-home worker outers with the, um, the uh, exercise equipment with the screens and your Pelotons and a lot of that. And people that I work with, they use that for more supplemental work, which just means they're going to use that on their off days. So it's still going to be there. It's just a matter of how much. I probably think it's going to be less because people like to be interacting with other individuals face to face. Right, right. right. Uh, my last question, uh, this one, is uh, as, an, as a trainer, Aaron, you train a lot of people, youngsters and the 45 plus people. And there is a lot of training which is required is mental also. You've got to yes. keep them strong mentally after doing this uh, all this through the day how do you keep yourself mentally and physically fit because it can drain you out physically one can still understand but how do you shrug that off at the end of the day all the tensions all the mental part of it and then be yourself and be the same to your family or the, your loved your loved yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, for, man, for a little while, I was actually going to uh, a therapist just to um, kind of talk talk it over with them because, you know, you're, you're, you're meeting with a bunch of different people from different walks of life. So you're sometimes they carry their issues into the gym. And so those issues become your issues and, and not so much that you have to problem solve that, but it does become kind of overwhelming, especially um, during, during COVID, it was, it was a lot, it was a lot to mentally take in. Um, I actually stopped working out for probably nine months. It just was too draining, um, just to try to run the business workout. Um, I wasn't necessarily out of shape, but I was just not in the, the best shape, but it does take some, um, I guess, um, mental training. Um, I did go to therapy for a little while. I, I try to work out six days a week. Um, I, I read. I'm just trying to be a little bit more sharp around the edges as far as my mental clarity goes. I do listen to podcasts for self-help. I think those things do help me in a way. Um, because if, I would say, AJ, if you don't do that, a lot of that stuff kind of builds up and then you just implode from the inside if you're, you're not getting help from anybody else because – People deal with a lot of different issues and they come to you sometimes and just let it all out. And you're there to, you know, be a trainer, but also you're sometimes a life coach or, uh, you know, just their friend. And so a lot of times those issues, like I said, they become yours in a way, but it's, it's draining. Physically, there's days where I just go home and want to go to sleep just because it's like been one of those days where everything just kind of piles on. And nothing, nothing is clear to me. It's just like, oh my gosh, if I hear one more person tell me something like this, I'm probably just going to 
you know, close, lock the doors and go home. So it's a lot of things you, you need to do because it, you know, if you don't get help or you, you just kind of let it build up, it does wear you down pretty quickly. So hope, hope uh, this part has been fully taken care of in terms of uh, being able to deal with this because this is not a, it's a very easy thing that can be dealt with because you've got youngsters who have got a lot of aspirations in life mm-hmm. and even even older people who perhaps don't want to cross beyond 50. Yeah, and it's, sometimes it's like the pressure is on because they come to you to seek your help. And if you're not able to help them in a capacity, some of that, it's not intentional, but you feel like some of that blame becomes it's it's your fault. And so if you if you let you know ten clients believe that you're the reason that they're not getting results, then it really can be um, kind of damaging to your old mental game because you feel like you're you're at the top. You're here, but it takes two or three people to say, man, it's your fault I'm not losing weight. It's your fault I'm not doing this. And then, like, what are you supposed to do? You, you can't you – can, you can take it. You can kind of talk it out. Or you can kind of move on. So that's happened before, too, and it's like the blame game is on you. But what are you going to do to make it better? I'd like to talk it out, see what the underlying cause of why they're trying to blame you, and then we move forward because if it becomes too big of an issue, you're not going to be a client any longer because I don't have time to deal with too much mental stress. There's a lot to do on a day-to-day basis. And the blame game is not one of those I like to take lightly. Right. So how do young trainers, how do they separate this uh, professional from the personal? Because people, when you are doing those training, then you tend to, you know, deal with them one-to-one and almost like it borders on the personal. What would you suggest uh, trainers on this part. Yeah, I would say the number one thing, and if, if you're just starting out, is don't bring your problems to the gym. Because, um, I mean, I've had clients for nine years and we're, we're pretty close, but starting out, I would say they don't want to hear what you have going on outside of here. I mean, especially if it's negative, um, because they're there to work out and get results, not be your counselor. And that's, I'm, I'm from a trainer perspective, um, I know some. I've been places before where it's always been a drag because the trainer keeps telling the clients, you know, everything that's going on in their life. And that just becomes an overwhelming experience for the client itself. Um, one, they may feel sorry for you. Two, um, they may leave. And three, you may have no clients. So, um, you know, life happens. So keep that personal until you get to know the, the person probably longer than two to three years. And then you can kind of start sharing those things because we're all dealing with something. It's just a matter about you need to be you need to be talking to the right person to to bounce that uh, problem off because not everybody wants to hear it. Right, right. Uh, so sorry, I'm I'm stretching it a bit, but this is you know something uh, very interesting and very uh, insightful. Aaron is for because this information will help a lot of people in terms of that. A lot of times when clients are less, you are apprehensive about losing clients and you go that extra mile and sometimes that becomes extra pressure for the trainer for a fitness industry personnel how do they then should they look at uh, diversifying should they look at de-risking other revenue streams that they are not because fitness fitness industry is passing through a lot of technologies coming in and all those things are happening how do they de-risk themselves 
what would you tell a person who is into the fitness who is a fitness entrepreneur or a trainer well yeah i say first you have to be specific specific on what you want to do who you want to help but you also need to be um i kind of say um lead from the front on whatever you're trying to be um successful at um so for what i do and not to talk about me but i specialize in orthopedic injuries i'm one of the only independent trainers who probably market myself like that um so i get a lot of referrals from um, physical therapy clinics uh in town to help their patients be more successful so if if you if you don't use the tools in your toolbox you won't be successful and if you can um be be different and different it just means be be better than the gym down the street. I mean, there's a gym in the same complex I work at. And when I moved in, they weren't there. And I wasn't even the least best distracted on if they were going to take clientele. The reason that, like you said before, I was voted the top, one of the top trainers in 2020. I've been in local magazines. I've published a book. Um, I, I know that I am, I'm the best option, but I'm not the best option for everybody. So if you can become the best option for the people you want to serve, I feel like you will be, You'll stand up above the rest. And if you can uh, add more, I'll say revenue streams, if you can offer maybe it's uh, some coaching, um, help, uh, nutrition coaching, or if you offer supplements, or if you maybe have a, um, I don't say I have a um, referral program. I, if you refer somebody in, you get 50 bucks and, you know, nothing better than working out with your best friend, right? Um, so if you can find those different things to get more clients, and set yourself apart from everybody else in town, you will be successful. Because if you try to put all your eggs in one basket and do the same thing as everybody else, good luck to you. You're not going to last. You'll last, but you may not last as long as the person who has a higher marketing budget, who has a bigger facility, has the capability to hold more clientele and can serve more people. So um, I think that's the challenging part. Right, right. So best is... Set yourself apart. Yep. Give what others cannot. Yep. Be different, and be different be is something. Yeah. Be different is something that you can you can tell everybody about, and they're like, "Man, I'm going to go see AJ because AJ's he, he's the he's the runner in town, and he knows everybody, and he's got the top ten runners in in the area, and he knows what he's talking about. So I'm going to him. Don't care what it costs. Right. Right. Be different. On this note, Aaron, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much for sharing your insights on the fitness industry. Thank you once again. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.